0: We've been waiting for this young lady right here, but before we even get into who the special guest is, somebody who we've been waiting on, she can when can we have you on again? When, 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 when can we get John? Let's talk about the co-creator, the co-conspirator of this joint right
1: here. We're talking about Monet. Nathan. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another fireside fireside chat. I, Priscilla's backstage. She gave me the tongue twister that, that she had. But, uh, you know, can you believe as we get started here, this is our 51st episode It just
0: wow, yeah, man,
1: it's kind of crazy, kind of crazy. And I'm so excited to have that chat with her this evening. Anyway, good to be with you. all
0: That's the guy that makes it cool right there, by the way, I'm DJ uh, and the guy that makes it cool right there and makes it look professional is Monet Nathan. And then someone who, you know, I guess she's like the, uh, the, the saucer that cools. Uh, The milk (laughs) in uh, like the Senate to the House uh, is our researcher, Uh, another uh, legend in the community, somebody that uh, is going to be big, 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 big. And you know who I'm talking about is Debs, a study of UAP to the D-O-double-G, the host of Debs Data Dojo. Good evening, Hi, everybody.
2: What's up, Deb? I got to do some deep dive research with Priscilla this weekend.
0: Nice. (laughs) To Selma, to your Louise. (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but without look up over the cliff.
1: No cliff. Yeah, there's no no cliff. But I heard New York's never gonna be the same now. After that, <laughs> yeah. no.
0: New York. no. <laughs> New York's in recovery right now. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, okay, this young lady right here um is able to coalesce people in a way that is hey, there's James. What's up, baby? Laura's here. Beverly, what's up, Holmes? Raz. Is that Mikey? What's up? So uh, hello to everybody. Hopefully Julie's in the chat. I don't know what's going on tonight. If not, I'll check with her. Um, so yeah, the, the thing that's interesting about this young lady is that she is able, she made this UAP book club, and immediately some of the the, the most interesting people uh, and most uh, 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 intellectual folks in the game are like, yeah, sign me up. And one of them, in fact, is, will you give a wave, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> He's looking around. He's, a, he's looking around. He's doing like the kind of stuff I do. So uh, so Nathan is among them. But yeah, Priscilla really uh, is a leader. Uh, she is a, a person who really brings people together and people are drawn to her. And for that reason, like I said about Debs, I think and I told this to Priscilla the first time on a, on a phone call that we had is I feel like she's a, a very integral and special person in the community around which uh, I think people just, like I said, they, they coalesce and uh, they feel comfortable, and she's able to bring out uh, the thoughts of people. Um, and that's a skill set, you know? I don't know if she's born with it or she's developed it, but we're sure glad that she's here amongst other people. So without further ado, her first time up in the joint, we're talking about the quantum Witch, the Thelma, To Debs Louise, party people, put your hands together for Priscilla Stone.
2: Yes. Can
3: I get an amen in here? Amen. 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 (laughs) What is up? Nothing. I am just hearing, um, you're going to hear some... (laughs) You they're kid. giving
1: their applause as well that's what i heard yeah like,
3: yeah i the, have dragons in audience. the house yeah that's um cool. they want me to take them to bed and their dads take him to
0: bed so. <laughs> and, and scott geren's in the house our pararescue <laughs> oh, legend talking about priscilla nice. wash hands oh, oh, oh i amazing. think he wants <laughs> he's talking about for your illness
3: <laughs> oh yeah yep yep i'm over here like coughing and I'm like, oh my goodness i'm so hey, sorry hey priscilla b- before
0: good. we are dragons get- <laughs> not kids i swear <laughs> before we get going let me just tell you that scott sent me some audio from his house today so he basically pointed his camera phone out the window and hit the sound uh, the record and it sounds like sasquatch screaming in his woods like i'm going to i'm going to send it on our private chat and i'll i'll get priscilla in there but Man, I was like, wow, is that a wolf or is that Bigfoot? And Scott's like, do you want to go in there and find
3: out? My goodness. Now Scott has a Sasquatch hanging out
0: around him, huh? <laughs> well, when, when he tells you, if, if you have a chance to speak with Scott and he tells you about his property, you're going to understand exactly why that could be the case because it borders either federal or state land. And I think Scott himself is like 50 acres or... 80 acres or some huge amount of acreage that borders, uh, forest land that that's owned by the the state or, or federally. So it makes Hmm. sense.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. he had mentioned he was out there a little bit when I talked to him. I hadn't talked to him on the show yet, but, um, I was talking to him about his books. So, or his book. So he had mentioned he was, you know, and, uh, I think it sounds beautiful because there's nothing out there, but trees and Sasquatch apparently. (laughs)
0: yeah he's uh, uh scott's inviting people to come up for an investigation so just keep that in your in your hip pocket oh gosh, and hopefully the, the hip he pocket is very very warm
3: <laughs> he says lol i thought that was clapping so... <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the wash, hands, wash hands, hands
1: was in fact i was like wow clapping. was he backstage
3: yeah. i didn't even tell anybody that i, I have i have a, <laughs> a sick family right now <laughs> that's that's fantastic oh wow well. yeah, that's fantastic
1: right. money <laughs> and take hands. it away <laughs> Well, us, I, I wanted. <laughs> I want to. I wanted to start off with. Uh, so you guys both got back from the weekend in New York. Uh, the inquiry into anomalous experience of the phenomena. I think I may have said that right. Um, pretty close, anyway. And um, so you both were there. Priscilla did an excellent job. Just want to. I was watching in the live virtual audience uh, with everybody, and uh, so many people in the chat were just. Oh, just amazed and, and i i was like you know well she's she's a natural you know it makes sense but you did an excellent job introducing uh, mitch and, and just being that uh, presence that that you have on stage there and deb i saw you on camera too i was like deb's in the front row of course she's in the front row you know she's right <laughs> there uh no, so when I, wondered... I looked
3: at her at her and dancing together and it kind of helped me like zero in a little bit no, um yeah because I was getting more emotional than I was nervous Mm. because it was just so beautiful to see so many people under one roof um, that care so deeply about this. So I was kind of like, don't cry, don't cry. You're too excited. You know? So I looked at her and Dan and I was like,
1: (laughs) yeah, well, Deb, Deb definitely has that grounding Mm -hmm. uh, ability. So I wanted to get a quick take from both of you, Uh, Deb from the audience and and Priscilla being upstairs, uh, up on the stage, and kind of mixing with the, the speakers, you know, just a, a quick summation. How did you think the event went?
2: Who do you want to have go first?
1: I'll start with you, Deb, Then we'll get Priscilla to jump
2: in. Okay. Well, I think it went ex like extremely well. I felt like I was back at college. It was very academic. Hmm. Um, it definitely had a lot of common themes among the speakers. If you were paying really deep attention. Which I summarized in one page and then showed everyone. I was like, "Do you agree this was the summary of the day?" <laughs> um, and I feel like the crowd was so enthusiastic, but in a very serious way. Like it wasn't like ridiculous stuff that we see. Um, I won't say where, but you know, it was. <laughs> it, it was. It was very serious. Like, and then people were just really kind to each other and really just appreciated getting the respect from each other the mutual respect from each other that a lot of people actually really deserve Mm. in this community so that's awesome Priscilla what about you
3: it was pretty cool and I definitely made sure to like hang out next to the stage so I could watch everybody uh, speak because that was my true intention of just going to hear everybody speak before I got invited to uh, help co-host and announce Mitch which I was like super uh, nervous about like he's an amazing writer and a weird synchronicity happened leading up to that. Mm. Um, I had been familiar with like his YouTube stuff and his Kabbalion and his occults like um, talks, but I'd never read one of his books. And he got announced a little bit later, and I was like, oh well, I better order one of his books now. It's a perfect excuse. And then they asked me to announce him, and Jay kept asking like after I ordered the book, I didn't tell him. He was like, oh, do you know uh, a lot about Mitch? Do you know a lot about Mitch? And I was like. You know, I'm familiar with a lot of his talks on his YouTube and his Kabbalion um, stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have any of his books. So it was kind of funny that he asked me to uh, introduce him. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, after in the right after I ordered the book, which I was not I was not expecting, because to me I'm just here to like lift other people up and hear other people's stories and and listen to like amazing authors about why they're doing what they're doing. So um, that was kind of a cool synchronicity. But watching everybody, just like she said, there's a lot of science involved. Um, I definitely think that Dr. Sean and Tim were like our super ultra science guy. And then we had Darren just exploring your subconscious and the links and that made you like go super deep. And then we had like Mitch pumping up the audience and Gary Mm -hmm. just like, Gary just ended on some beautiful like thoughts, like how should we approach people? Do you know what I mean? Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: We had to remember to relax and take it baby steps because we also had to present this not only to each other but to people in the science community that expect to hear a certain language. So um, I see a lot of great things happening with uh, Dr. Sean Espearn-Hargens because he has all this amazing stuff planned and he covers everything from your your, your etheric body to like science. It's he's he's amazing.
1: Yeah, I was looking at his. uh,
0: Sorry, go ahead. He had arguably the coolest name of any of the presenters. That took me Um, forever
3: to learn how to say and not mess up. My goodness. I was yeah. like behind, I was like the whole week up, just in case I had to talk to him, Ma, uh, Dr. Esper and I just like said it like nine times. And then finally he was like, <laughs> she's called me, sh-. he's like, call me Shaw. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all that freaking out.
0: <laughs> You're going to be Dr. Stone someday. Go ahead. Man. Oh my gosh.
3: Well, yeah,
1: his, uh, I was impressed by his, uh, slide deck and I know on one of his slides, he, uh, like you said, he, he's covering so many disciplines and modalities, experiences, very ambitious uh, work that he's setting out to do.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, he got pers-
3: some like, sorry.
0: No, go ahead, <laughs> he, ma'am. Please. He got
3: some like, I feel like he was getting encouraged by Gary in one of the studies he was planning on doing because Gary kept saying, you know, Sean's work, Sean's work, Sean could do that with his study. Sean could, you know, because mm-hmm. Gary's kind of like in his lane right now and he feels like that's where he, you know where he's going to be able to do the most for the movement and for disclosure and him and his career. So he kept pointing out Sean and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, like, yes, more people need to be aware of him because I don't hear about him enough.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, I wasn't going to ask us, but is this the most emotional that you've been since I called you on the phone? Just kidding. You you don't have to answer that. Um, what is, (laughs) is this so, was there one thing that, that one of the speakers said that was the most provocative in terms of thought, uh, or one, one presentation amongst them that, that, that you felt, and it could have even been at dinner, you know, or otherwise.
2: Are you rotating that one too?
0: Yeah, I want, I'd like to hear that <laughs> okay. from both of you. Absolutely. Both of you. Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay. Well, see, I feel like again there was like this underlying theme that was happening that was getting mentioned in different ways um and that it, i actually took away um from the whole thing and that underlying theme was what is reality right that was coming up in different ways um and in, in fact i'm gonna call him dr sean because i'm not even gonna try that last name but dr sean's Sean's got it yes um, bjorn harkins got it <laughs> all over yeah. this man yeah that that multiple body concept was so validating for a lot of us you know a lot of us have already touched on this um idea that we don't understand reality you know and it actually kind of inspires me more for us to talk to hoffman about what is reality and you know i took perception and um you know back in my psychology undergrad and um i feel like that was a really hardcore class and I feel like I want to take it all over again because of this, you know, it was so interesting to think about. So yeah, that, the, the reality, the nature of reality part, that's the part that really stuck with me the most. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I'm so glad uh, uh, Nathan, I think said to me, did I mic switch? It it did look like it took over uh, someone that it switched from this mic to the uh, AirPods. So thank you for that. Yeah, um, sounded good,
1: Priscilla. What, what, uh, what about you yeah.
0: to that question? Yes, ma'am. I think
3: every speaker had something um, in their own way that kind of really made me feel like overwhelmed in a good way. Mm. Um, the thing that I noticed, like walking away from it, was the reinforcement of the thought that it's going to take every camp available to solve or to even begin. To understand the phenomenon, phenomena, because it's more than one thing happening. Um, It's all the unseen and all the things we don't understand, but it's going to take everybody. So to me, I kind of had the reinforcement of that. And then also the the urge to do better, especially after um, Gary's talk and Mitch's talk. They were both kind of like, we have to do better, you know, and you have to do this um, in a way that you can speak to many people about it. Because Gary was talking about talking to scientists and Mitch kind of highlighted like um, the skeptics, like you want us to do better, but you need to hold yourself to that standard as well. So um, the the need to do better and to help people realize that it is connected in one way or another. It's going to take everybody's discipline and knowledge to do this, to, to raise more awareness, to understand it and to experience whatever the phenomena presents. Cause we had somebody talking about, um, a haunted road, you know, and a lot of people will experience spirits, Sasquatch and the UFO phenomenon in like desolate places. So is it the land that's causing this? Um, but yeah, I think that I, I can't pick one thing, honestly.
0: I'll say one thing about Bigfoot. Now that there's reports from 49 of 50 states, I don't think it's localized from that standpoint. That's something I was not aware of until I, I Nathan got me on this. Uh, maybe on, I don't think he knew I was going <laughs> to dive this deep into it as I have. Uh, but I would ask you this question, Priscilla. Uh, and if you know what, Nathan, are we ready to go into the fireside chat aspect yeah, just, of this and just start going around? Okay. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to start with Priscilla. Go to Debs and yourself. Um, Priscilla, in terms of an understanding that you said this collective, you know, we need this uh, collectivity in order to, to, to gain that understanding, would you say uh, that we are at the beginning of understanding? You know, and I'm 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 saying this because you're an experiencer and you know a lot of experiencers as well and have spoken with many of them would you say that we're at the beginning of understanding? Is that a fair statement or do you think we're not there yet or we're past that one or the other?
3: I think we are at the beginning. I think we've found the iceberg and we're on it. I, I don't think that, I think it's too deep right now. I think that even those of us that had have, have, have had like extremely um, deep experiences and intense experiences and in contact I think that you still don't know what's going on, um, and I think that it's kind of a cop out when people just say they do because you're you're ending the conversation when you do that. As, right, as, right. You know what I mean? Like we can go home now. We're, all, we're all good. Hey, ladies they're, and gentlemen, thanks for coming. <laughs> they're from they're from this uh, solar system, or you know they're they're from hey. this star system. The end, and they're, they're entering a portal in Russia. The end. <laughs> Oh, you don't understand? You don't understand? Well, we must be in different dimensions. Well, thank you for checking in on me on Twitter, my lowly self, right? So I don't know. I just feel like we're at the very tip of it. But I think more and more people, like it's, it's unusual, like more and more people, just like you were saying, more and more Sasquatch are being seen, more and more people are coming around to the thoughts of maybe not UFOs yet, but uh, paranormal, Like, like spirit experiences. Um, Look about, look at how many people are doing like tarot cards for themselves now. You know, and and it all started with, oh, a shiny crystal. You know what I mean? And then from there, it's just like, oh, wow, there's this whole other world.
0: Yeah. No, I encountered somebody at the gym uh, that when she told me she was going to go to a retreat in the Catskills and there was going to be crystals and healing and different sort of modalities that would resonate with with this group. I was shocked uh, because, you know, we make these sort of snap judgments about people and um, she was a a member there and now she's actually a member of the staff. And I just I was like, you know, striving like a Porsche SUV. I'm like, yeah. So you make these judgments and it turns out I was wrong. Yeah, she is into stuff like that, like what we're into. And so I felt a lot more connected to her when I knew that she was open to some of these things that I'm open to. Debs, uh, are we at the beginning?
2: I think we're a little further in than that. And I'll tell you why. Yes, we're we're near the beginning, but we're not at the beginning. So, And this is why I think this. Um, And actually, this came up in the conference. Mitch enthused the crowd when he said, you know what, I think we do have a paradigm shift right now in the middle of the conference. Everyone got really excited about that. He's doing a lot of uh, research on this. So he's seeing this. From kind of an academic perspective, he's seeing a shift. And then psychology today, they put out an article about reincarnation. That's a shift, right? So, oh, and then, you know, there's just scientific research from Nolan, right? About um, the possibility that there's an indicator in our bodies for some of these things, like intuition. That's a shift. And it's getting taken more seriously. So it's it's almost like, yes, we're kind of near the tip of the iceberg, but people are starting to realize there's something underneath, under the water. And they're starting to pay attention. And, and I'll just say one final thing before we um, let Nathan answer this. The thing that's dawning on me is a lot of things are losing stigma. Um, we've talked about mental health. We've talked about... You know, there's some changes that have happened for the LGBTQ community. Um, mm-hmm. The stigma is slowly fading away for this community as well. And I think that's another shift and an extremely important one for us to make progress. So, uh,
0: you know, in mathematically speaking, Debs, with the more I think what you're alluding to mathem- from a mathematical standpoint, if more experiencers come out and talk about what's happened to them. What's been said to them, um, what they've gleaned from it, and just little the door opens a little wider. So you would think, but you know what, Nathan, you know, shoot that down if you wish.
1: Well, I I, I, I want to recognize what um, I think we've been kind of hitting on here, and that's that you ask kind of either the beginning or where are we. But the part of this is the recognition that there's a problem, and in my opinion, in the 20th century, what we really had is this shift from uh, a traditionalist religious sort of worldview that many people had that gave their lives a lot of meaning. uh, And we're able to fill in the gaps of our understanding with these religious worldviews and traditions and and society kind of congealed around those ideas. But then science came in and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shine a light on these sort of dark corners of our awareness of our knowledge. And we're going to bring some clarity To these areas that religion has occupied before. So, as science gained ground in explaining the world around us and had that explanatory power, it's uh, changed our lives in many, many ways. We've seen folks in the 20th century and 21st century shift away from those worldviews, traditions, understandings into looking at science as this source of meaning. Well, the problem with that is that science, at least in its materialist sort of perspective has failed us when it comes to this meaning problem. And so I think everyone is looking around at each other and going, well, we have all these great things. Look at all this cool stuff that we've got, that science has given us uh, and, and, and medicine and technology and, and everything that you can, you can see everywhere. Right. But, but why do I feel so empty inside? Why do I not feel connected to someone why can I not make sense of this strange experience that I had or this experience that my mother had? Or, you know, you, you, we all have these anecdotes that that we've experienced and, and they don't fit inside this scientific paradigm. So we are now at this place where I think we're our, our culturally and societally, we're, we're, we're ready. We're kind of primed in a way to reexamine a lot of these things that have happened, that have been part of our human history. And, and, get, and redeem them, but in a new perspective. It's not, it's not discarding the scientific advances that we've made, but it's right. looking at them from a new framework and looking at the old things which we have discarded and, and redeeming them, bringing them into a new model of, of reality that has meaning, that brings meaning back into our culture. And so for me, I see this conversation of, around the phenomena not, not just about UFOs, as that gateway, that doorway to making space for experience and validating what we are going through. And in, in so doing, it brings that meaning back into all of our lives.
0: And I think Dr. Diana Pasolka would agree. I think that's, she shares that hypothesis with you, I believe. Um, but do you, th- but... From the, the central question, do you feel like we're at least at the beginning of understanding, realizing that some of those traditions are going to could and should and will be brought back into the fold? But do you feel like we're, you know, the doors opening uh, to to understanding of the phenomenon? I, and, I do.
1: And if you look at uh, the things that Gary is saying and that Mitch is saying and, and the things that Darren brought up as well, that are are scientific exploration is bumping up against these boundaries, these areas which we, we don't have answers. And the answers which we do have, in fact, are incredibly puzzling and, and really shake the foundations of what we all thought to be true, <laughs> right? So, so in looking back at the past, at these ancient traditions, what we're looking for there is the wisdom in the traditions, the insight, the intuition that our foreparents had.
0: That we about didn't have. <laughs>
1: reality that we've lost right and yeah. we're saying maybe there was something to that now what is that and and so and so what we're yeah. trying to find now and so I, you know and short, sure, i do think we're at the beginning but we're at this place where we're now making space for this conversation
0: to happen we're making
1: yeah. it acceptable to yes. talk about and in 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 our academic communities and gary said this in his talk he said uh when after after his talk in um i think it was michigan wherever he was before he got to new york he went to the after party it was this very you know sort of academic you know very fancy smancy uh dining thing and they were and all they wanted to talk about was the phenomena so that oh, yeah. tells you that that academics who are always so serious or whatnot have just as much of an interest as the layperson does but they can't talk about it in public they need a safe place to have that conversation but part just of what as... we're
0: as one person's going in the bathroom and one's coming out. <laughs> exactly. You knock exactly. on the door, and make sure that, you know, before you yeah. yeah.
1: You got to. But just as what we're trying to do here is better normalize the conversation. That that's what Gary is doing, you know. And and when more Garys come forward with with an a publicly expressed interest in this, then that further lays the groundwork for a serious conversation about it. And, and opens up avenues of investigation, right? So it, it's it's it leaves this realm of just pure speculation because we we have very little data, and it starts to move into avenues of investigation where we can begin eliminating some of this sp- speculative uh, con- 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 conception. So I mean, I think we're at the beginning, but we're we, we've already passed the very first steps. You know, we're on we're on the path now, is what I would say.
3: Yep, I like that, there. how you see, like, we're on the iceberg, but we're just not realizing there's stuff underneath it. And I do agree with the shifts. I just think that it's bigger than we realize. Um, like, I think it's it, even with, like, making, like, the, uh, you know, advances that people are starting to work towards, I think that it's just so vast that we're it's just so big that even though people are coming around, I see it being expansive beyond what we understand.
0: That's what's cool about it. Nobody wants to put together a puzzle that has, like, seven pieces, you know. But if there's, like, 1,000, 1, thousand, fifteen hundred pieces laying there, hmm, now I'm intrigued. Uh, but <laughs> all that said, um, and, yeah, I mean, more religious scholars in here, not just Diana Pasulka, but, uh, you know, you get more religious scholars in the fold, uh, more more skeptics. And, by the way, all of UFO Twitter is is – is part of why that door is, is opening, you know, not just content creators, but everyone you see here in the chat and then the people there on Twitter, uh, whether they're skeptical or not. Um, Priscilla, would you like to proceed with your topic of the eve?
3: I've been thinking about this. I'm like, what do I want to talk about today? Um, I think that I'm very curious now, after meeting so many people, uh, what is your, I mean... I still am enamored by learning about people's purpose and calling to this. Why can't they stop? What keeps bringing them back? You know what I mean? That That's kind of what I wanted to ask you guys is like, you could be doing anything right now, but you want to talk about this. Or you could be doing anything, but we're trying to figure out our ways to get to these you know, conferences and... And talk about it as much as possible to as many people as possible, or like like in Deb's instance, just spending like hours on research and you know <laughs> stuff like that. What what is it that keeps people bound to this topic?
0: Deb's, it's you, buddy.
2: Okay, so I definitely feel like for me, there's multiple things. Uh, you know, there was an underlying interest. Uh, in paranormal in general when i was younger um it's just so hard to not want to talk about that it's just so cool you know <laughs> but but um uh, as an older person who, who suddenly started working on ufos i felt like i was driven it was like it was like what diana pasolka was saying it's sort of like a, a sudden calling it was just out of the blue suddenly i just had to work on it um and then there's so much there you know, and it's just, there's always more. It's so giving. It's, and it, I feel like it's the story of us. And every time I uncover something else, I'm uncovering more about being human or part of humanity. Um, so, I, and that's extremely appealing <laughs> to understand ourselves. Um, so I think that there's so much, but that's a big part of it. And, and the only final thing is I do feel um, pretty determined, um, to help with the mental health part. And I feel like the more I work on this, the more I have a grasp of how to do that. Um, so I won't, I won't go into details on that right now, but yes, those are the reasons.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah. So Deb has another project going on about, on, about, uh, helping out with, the mental health of individuals. And, uh, I guess she will make that public when she's ready. Um, money.
1: Yeah, I look at this from the standpoint of um, what humanity has been interested in since the beginning. We've had these conversations uh, quite literally around the fire uh, since we were able to get together uh, and and cooperate, right? Um, whether they were experiences with uh, real phenomena that occurred in our in our waking states. You know oh i just encountered this ferocious creature out there and i barely got away with my life so tomorrow maybe we should get together and sharpen some spears and take care of this problem otherwise you know we're not going to be able to survive or maybe uh, someone pulled up to that fire and said i had an experience with something i can't explain and uh i you know, you haven't seen it, and, and I, I can't believe what I saw, and this is what it is. And I'm trying to explain it to you, it's but it's changed, it's literally changing my life, it's changing the way in which I treat everyone that I encounter, it's changing the way I understand myself. So, these experiences got translated into our uh, great religious traditions in many ways. The, these insights, so we've always been kind of talking about this, but we've in our modern state, we kind of look back and, and kind of categorize that as okay. Well, that's just this neat little bucket of uh, mythology that we've done here. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's redeeming again, I'm using that word I used before redeeming things that we've always talked about and bringing it into the current state of, of our experience. And it's, it's giving me opportunity to connect with people, to, to listen to people, to take them seriously doesn't mean that I believe everything that they say, but it sure is better. It's a better experience for me. Let's put it this way. It's a better lived experience for me to engage in that kind of conversation where I'm treating them like a person, where I'm treating them seriously, where I want to believe what they're telling me. That's a much better experience than me going into that conversation and saying, well, you know, I don't know if you knew about this, but uh, here's this other thing here that you might not be aware of. And that totally destroys what you just told me and uh, g- good luck, go on your way, hope you can <laughs> figure that out. Now, it's not to say that there isn't a place for that, right, because because there is, there is a place for that conversation. There are people who do believe things that that are quite frankly not true. and it, And it is harming them, it's harming the way in which they interact with other people and the way they interact with the world. And so if you're in a position to have that conversation, I think you have some level of responsibility to try to, uh, you know, sort of guide them out of that, into a healthier way, of of relating. So, in short, it's it's it, for me, it's deepening the experience that I have of life, and it's giving me that opportunity to do that. And before, I lived plenty of years and and, and discarded all of this stuff, and quite frankly, was kind of not nearly as happy, and you know, life was very
0: you know, explainable. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, hi, uh, hi, Julie. Uh, Thank you random for telling people to hit the like button. We don't do enough of that on this show. We don't, you know, have the, you know, the, uh, Patreon stuff and the super chat stuff, but we will get some of your questions when we go around the horn. If we can, thank you, Julie. Well said money is what Julie said. It is well said. And, and, uh, it, it is transformative, uh, Priscilla, in answer to your question as to why. Um, you know, if Nathan and Debs and yourself and I look at the, the people that we were before we started creating content and not having this conversation with very select private people in our lives whom we knew would not judge us negatively or wouldn't affect our Uh, Either our well being or our financial security negatively, uh, to where we are now, where Nathan's being invited on a whole bunch of shows to speak, to ask about his opinion on this topic. You are Priscilla. Deb is. You know, a a couple of unfortunate souls have invited me on their show. I probably (laughs) regretted it. Um, You know, but that's okay. They still like me. But. In answer to your question is uh, why? Well, there's not a more interesting topic that you could talk about other than is something that we don't know. I mentioned the 1,500-piece puzzle. This fits directly into that. It's something that we may die never knowing a whole lot more than we do now. Maybe we will, though, because now, mathematically speaking, more people are coming out and talking about their experiences. Perhaps there's been an uptick Inexperiences experiences as well that will lend itself to more information being given to guys like Darren who had one inexplicable experience and then none. And now all of a sudden he's having downloads on the regular, uh, folks like the young lady we had on the other night, uh, amazing lady, Linda Thompson, you know, who's been having experience since she was a child, uh, and is five generations in her family mm-hmm. now are having them. So that adds, the odds are great that we'll get uh, a better understanding of what's going on. So what else would I want to talk about? Which is why, as Nathan well knows, when I asked him to come on the show with me, I said, I'm not going to be talking MMA anymore. I want to talk about the phenomenon. And I am and I started a show, and I want to have you be part of it. And now, what could be better? You know, like, I couldn't imagine that it would have turned out this well. Uh, and a topic that is... More interesting to me than the UFC, with all apologies to the fighter friends I got out there. (laughs) Um, And now with this whole, now I've uh, dove into this entire uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot phenomenon, of which I was wholly unaware. Wholly unaware that this wasn't a couple creatures running around the north woods of California and Oregon and Washington. And finding out they're 11 miles from my hometown in New York. They're here in Florida. They're in South Florida. They're in Central Florida in the Ocala National Forest. They're in North Carolina where Nathan basically lives on the on the edge close to the Misca forest of, of, of the Bigfoot belt here in the United States. Alabama, uh, which is what, uh, twenty, you know, 25, 30 miles north of me uh, is Alabama. All over the place. So... So, yeah, uh, and so now there's a whole other thing that we can just add into the show to try to figure out, you know, another thing the government's covering up, because <laughs> so, they don't want people to not go in the woods and not hunt and not go to national parks and not go to state parks and, you know, people would be scared of going in the woods. So um, we'll get more into that, but that's why I can't think of a more interesting topic to talk about. Sasquatch. Yes. No, the whole phenomenon oh. <laughs> writ large. No, like, I was Sasquatch. being
3: serious. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. being serious because I, yes, when I lived in Alaska, like I had my baby out there camping. I had, I was pregnant camping, and so I found out I was pregnant, and we had a camping um, trip planned to Wonder Lake in the middle of Denali National Park. Now, Wonder Lake, you have to book this like a year in advance, at least six months. You know, it's a beautiful spot. You can only go there on their um, on their buses. And it's known to be, you'll see bear, you'll see moose, you'll see these caribou that are ridiculously like man, they're just so majestic. Mm. Um, but not, I never thought about uh, Bigfoot while I was out there. It's Who super had? weird, you know. Who I I just ha- I never thought about Sasquatch. Um, I was Alaska was like just magical in general, so I had spiritual experiences. But um, the most even the most ET type or unexplained like phenomena type thing was orbs and that, and it wasn't even anything, uh, that serious. I mean, I was, I was sleeping outside sometimes without like, without even a tent. Like, (laughs) so you would think like if I would have known a lot about Sasquatch or met, um, or read, you know, about the Alaska triangle too much, I might not have been doing that, (laughs) but, but I enjoyed it.
0: It would have changed. I mean, Everybody here knows, I think everybody here knows, that I spend a lot of my free time in the forest. And I've done that since I was a kid. It's my favorite place to be. Would that have changed if I would have known that 11 miles from my house near Peekskill, New York, in Somers, New York, that not only a police officer, but two fishermen had Bigfoot sightings. Uh, Yeah, that might have scared the hell out of me as far as, because I went out in the woods alone, as a lot of kids did in the... In the 70s when I was a child, Um, my parents were not worried about me being gone in the woods all day by myself. In fact, they'd pack me a lunch. I'd take my horse and my dog, and we would just go. Sometimes we would just all hike, and I wouldn't even bring a saddle for the horse. We would just all three of us walk. I would literally stuff a backpack with hay, some dog food in a Ziploc bag, and a thermos of soup for me, and off we'd go. So I didn't know, know that there could be something out there. Um, that, uh, like that, but Hey, hey, Dave Smethers, welcome brother. Thank you for coming in. Bob Marley. Thank you. I'd reman. Um, but, um, yeah, it is, it is surprising, but you know what? Now you have a whole new thing to dig into Priscilla. That's gonna surprise my goodness. You. When you listen to some of these podcasts, it's going to blow your mind. I
3: listened to a few that you sent me and I was just like, like they're, You have to think about – sorry, my voice is all weird. You have to think about it in this way. Like, we are never alone. We – just growing up with a medium as a grandmother and being – having mediumship capabilities myself, like, I – and I just think all the time and I tell people, like, like you are embedded in, like, so many realities and there's – if you could see the amount of spirits around you and beings around you, you would feel crowded. You know, um, so it doesn't surprise me that Sasquatch is out there, but it also doesn't surprise me that there is other like ethereal beings and elementals such as Fae, which uh, Dr. Sean touched on. <laughs> and that's I did have um, elemental experiences while I was in Alaska with like more nature type stuff. But um, it doesn't surprise me. It's, it's eerie in a way to, to think about like you're never alone even when you feel alone, mm-hmm. but at the same time when you actually feel alone, you're like, where are they? Where, where, where's Sasquatch? Where's my guides? You know, um, where are all these amazing and beautiful things? And a friend just messaged me today. She said, Hey, like I haven't had any experiences in a long time. doing so like, what is going on? Like I normally have experiences. I just, she's was like uh, meditating saying she wanted to have some interdimensional experiences or any experience you know, and it was, she has not received it. And normally it's very active for her. So, um, it's crazy to think about how this ebbs and flows, especially with experiencers. Some people have visitations like their whole life. Like you mentioned, Linda, Mm -hmm. um, when I met her on your show, the first time I had no idea that that was kind of just something that was normal, you know? Um, well, not normal, but normal for experiencers. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then there's people that have, like you said, the one experience and they've turned it into like their whole life. Like, um, the other, oh my goodness, his name's leaving me right now. He, the Mantis. Oh, he has another, he has a podcast too. Why is it? Stuart is it, Davis. Stuart Davis. Wow. I, the, the way he's turned that into something, you know, so big, f- um, for spreading awareness and an experience and everything. He writes music about it, you know? Um, but I didn't realize that was an isolated experience. I thought he was hanging out with mantids all the time. And then when I looked into his story, I was like, wow. So you can't, and this is another reminder not to downplay what you're experiencing. Because you might be like, oh, that was like a 30 second, like flyby of an orb. It didn't do anything. I didn't feel anything. But how do you know?
0: We look up to you, uh, people like Nathan and myself, because it's not happening to us. Uh, They may be there. We just don't, Mm. we don't feel them or see them. Uh, my only thing that I feel is what other people feel, but I don't, I, I can't see these things, but, but you know what? That's okay. I mean, every, it takes a lot of different types of people to, uh, to make it go around. So, uh, you're no going to
3: get I a do. Sasquatch visitation. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I mean, I'm. I'm you you've
3: know, been, after- t- since I met you, you've been on a Sasquatch thing. So that's been, <laughs> it's not like I've known you forever, but I'm like, yeah. man, this guy's like, I don't want to deal with Sasquatch, but I can't stop talking about it.
0: Well, Nathan really is responsible for me going fault. this deep <laughs> by introducing uh, one podcast, and then it came to a couple, three or more. But and I've as I've told Deb, Deb and I were speaking before you and Nathan came on, and I'm I've listened to dozens of different investigators and researchers, female, male and female, young and and older. Some of these women are, you know, in their sixties that are going out there in the woods doing this, and I've learned something from each one that I can just right into my little journal of how I want to go about this so my idea uh, be it uh, my idea is just to go out there and be authentic uh, my intention is what it is I don't need you know although I' I have weapons you know I'm not bringing a weapon and I'm not stalking and I'm not hunting I'm sim- I'm sim- simply gonna go and and if it comes down to it obviously I'm going to be terrified like any any other human being but I'm going out there with my intention and and I think that'll be the best possible scenario for me, come what may. Um, and I have a group together, like I said, we're we're making plans for a couple different jaunts. To uh, Julie's helping us out. Julie. Julie's uh, seen Sasquatch at the end of her street uh, in a meadow picking uh, berries when she was growing up in Indiana. So she's got some experience. She can remote view. She's helping us, and uh, hopefully we're going to find a good place to camp and then let the experience come to us rather than trying to stock hunt that sort of thing. Uh, Nathan, sir, uh, would you proceed with your, your, uh, uh I
1: think, uh, we've, we've touched around this a little bit. Um, and the conference I think highlighted this Priscilla in particular, the way that you opened the conference with the group meditation moment, uh, which so many people found to be very powerful. Um, uh, So we have different ways of of knowing, of learning. We have our kind of left brain way that we're all used to, that kind of classroom style, academic lecture. And then we have that stillness time, that uh, quiet knowing, that intuitive uh, way of understanding. I think everyone in this room has had both of those experiences. You know, how do you relate with knowledge in each of those modes of you know of learning like how do you uh, incorporate your learnings from each of those ways and 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 I'll start with Deb because I haven't heard her talk in a little bit so I'd like to hear her speak to this
2: well you know I think for me it's just an understanding when other people touch on the same thing for instance um, I don't talk about it that much but I've done actually a fair amount of creative things um drawing painting i even made things out of resin and carved and things like that into resin um i made a lot of jewelry things like that um and i feel like when other people talk about like that that sense of tapping into somewhere else while they're doing that work i have a sense of understanding Mm -hmm. you know so i feel like it helps me to have those conversations um when i engage in different ways Um, I do think everyone kind of learns in different ways and brings their own piece to the conversation. Um, but the ways that I've learned, that's what it does for me. It just helps me to communicate with others. Hmm. I hope that answers.
1: Well, (laughs) and, and let me, let me, let me just follow up with you on, on one. So, uh, you talked about the art side of it. What about the the kind of classroom style or the book knowledge which I know you you do quite a bit of. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you love that part, right? <laughs> so so yeah, how do you there are things with which we learn through that process that we recognize as meaningful and true and valid and there are things which we learn through the other process that you just articulated you know how do you do you gravitate to one or the other? Well, uh, I
2: I think that you know I like to look for the summary you like, you know, I mentioned that earlier, I just like to find the point, you know, mm-hmm. I I like to find if, even when I read an article, I'm like, okay, the whole point of this was, blah. <laughs> you know, like, I just want to like, get to the point. So um, for those who are not aware, I wrote notes, the entire conference, every single person that was there I was sitting there writing notes. Um so when I came to my summary it was like after pretty heavily attending to what was being said mm. um so I I think that's just what happens with that um I don't know if I'm going to find like a you know a, a here or there or this is the answer to everything or anything like that but I think that all of it gets me closer to my understanding at least mm-hmm.
1: Right, I love that the, the way you're saying that 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 synthesis, synthesizing the, between the two ways. Uh, Priscilla, what, what about you? What do you what do you think about there?
3: It's it's hard to it's hard to bring it all into one thing for me because I think that I talked to you about this before, Nathan, behind the scenes. Oh, first of all, I have to give a shout out to Kelly because the meditation thing was her idea. Um, from, Kelly from you, Chase. Yeah, Kelly Chase because. Mm. And I was like, I just don't – I don't know. Can I do it? I just really want to – so she said yes. Um, but, yeah, anyways, just want to give her a shout-out for being amazing. But um, incorporating all this into, like, life has not gone so smoothly for me. It's – it's. I want to show – I want other people to experience it. And to an extent, I feel like I'm drawn to have them experience it and help them experience it. Like, I took a whole pre class because I want – the spiritual world and to spaces, you know. This mm-hmm. is where like because I've had my body feel like it dissolved, you know, after even when I read um nuts and bolts type stuff, as they say, um I get lost in it. Mm. I can't I can't read something without experiencing it. Um and that's just maybe how my body processes words that I'm reading and things that I'm watching, I have like a whole body response to it. Mm. So it's been hard for me to actually use what I've been learning. But I kind of feel like I'm like, storing it away. It's like I'm building this library. And I don't I might not need it now. But I know I'm going to have it for somebody when they need it. Mm. And that's, I haven't really, that's the best way I can answer that, (laughs) what you brought up because it's hard to do it in real life, right? Like I, I remember talking to you one time and I was just like, man, like, like I'm just supposed to like, you have to have that separation and that balance between what I know or what I think I know is going on or what I've experienced that's beyond just sitting here at a desk, right? Like, we've experienced deeper realities than that, and how do you incorporate that into your life? Is it supposed to even be incorporated yet? You know, it's like you have this experience, and then you might have, like, years of integration of just a small experience, but I I just feel like I'm storing this information for people. I don't know any other way to explain it, and it has to do with their spirit and them experiencing themselves as spirit. I know that sounds ultra woo, but witch. So <laughs> there, there it, it, it is.
0: <laughs> you know, one thing's interesting, Priscilla, is that you're first of all, you know, you you, you speak about. Well, first of all, let me say hello to my my brother Johnny's in the chat. He's my colleague. He's also part of my uh, Bigfoot research team uh, that that uh, has yet to be named. <laughs> Although I did come up with a name, I'm gonna throw at him tomorrow. What's up, Johnny? Um, this is, uh, my homies, Nathan, Debs, Priscilla, um, Priscilla, like you spoke how difficult it was to grow up and say, you know, I'm different. I'm having these experiences. Other people don't have, I feel not normal. I feel weird. I'm the weird girl. And as I've said to you, you know, several months ago on the phone, but now you've found your tribe, if you will, is people who admire that, that, that you're able to connect with these things that, uh, we believe happen and we can't connect with them. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing. The other thing is that you're living two lives. You are able to, you have to at one time be a normal mom who's raising children, who's a wife, um, husband, you know, serving country.
3: I'm not a very good wife. guys.
0: (laughs) No, we don't believe that for a second. And then he's still um, here, but I mean, (laughs) yeah, we don't believe that for a second. And then at the same time, um, you're experiencing things and you can't mix the two. You can't take them in this mixing bowl and then take the beater and go. But can we? Can we though? I don't know. Maybe you can. I was
3: reading the boys, um, Jeff Kripel's book after I read their kitty books last night. I was like, okay, I'm going to read my book. And they're like, can you read it out loud? And I'm like, superhumanities and i'm reading these these like jeff Kripel's most his, this powerful book it's powerful these words are just like every 10 minutes i had to like put it down or every few sentences i had to put it down just like yes yes that's sort of this, like you people know?
0: say when they talk to me mm-hmm. i'm just kidding oh, yeah. that very have similar experiences related. oh
3: <laughs> sorry i told you i told you i was gonna laugh at your jokes when i came on
0: <laughs> yeah i know i'm not writing you a check if you don't um but anyway
3: <laughs> but i mean like we have to figure out how to right i mean yeah, like we That's think true. think about all the people, all the work that people are doing now, like Gary and Sean and and everybody that was at the conference, like Mitch is writing. I kept thinking, like, as each of them were speaking and it started when I met Red was reading Mitch's book. I was like, I needed this as a child because I was a weirdo. People used to call me Wednesday Adams in Catholic school. Mm. You know, now
0: you're not. Look how <laughs> become... I mean, I
3: could be right. I could just now, like, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> now now but I'm right. just saying, like, we are going to be there for that next wave coming through. And I don't mean that in an ultimate Dolores canon like the next wave, but I do mean it as our children are a lot different mm. and um, they're growing up in a world where UFOs have been acknowledged. You know, paranormal is being studied seriously. Biology related to intuition is being studied seriously. Um, I'd say ESP is being studied seriously, but that's been studied seriously for quite some time. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we just need people to grasp it. So I, I think that we need to find and that we have to find a way, right, to mesh it without, like, freaking people out too quickly. You know, I, I don't I... even.
0: <laughs> There's going to be a 12th grader who's going to reach out to you, Priscilla, <clears throat> and you're going to say, damn it, I was you. You're going to be okay. Trust right. me. Yeah, and
3: what Taylor's were you about
0: to say?
2: be that girl. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go I just ahead wanted ahead. to add that I feel like... Um, I've, I've spoke to Preston Dennett, and he pointed out how often experiencers actually serve humanity. I feel like, um, and I'm not saying this is limited to experiencers by any means. Of course, it's also a part of the people who investigate the phenomenon or research it, too. But I feel like we find ways to make it useful already. You know, the people who have intuition are probably serving other people with that. In some way I, w- I would hate to think that there's too many people who are just being selfish with that gift <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i i try to i try to um you know use what i know what my, i've told nathan what my what i think my purpose is so
1: yeah and i i i want to touch on what you just said there deb because um I do think that that is so true, that experiencers have been working with humanity, aiding humanity in a way for a very long time. Imagine a world where you went about your day and you, anyone that had an experience that was outside what we consider to be norm, you just said, you know what, there's a little place where we're going to move you and we're never going to have to interact with you. You know, we're going to move all of these people who have strange experiences over to some other part of the world. And we're not going to interact with you because that doesn't those things aren't real. We're not going to deal with that. So imagine a world that that looks like that. And I think you can't, you know, you can't you can't imagine a world where that would be the case. Nor would you want to live in a world that is like that. Um, I would argue that it's these strange experiences that force us into different perspectives different ways of thinking about our own experience and and we are constantly uh reshaping retelling the story of our life right we're 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 constantly narrating re-narrating that story and incorporating experiences into whatever that is and priscilla you talked about you know how you're just accumulating knowledge and you know, eventually it may just come out. Well, you know, Darren and I've talked about this quite a bit as well, that, that we, we have experience throughout our life. Sometimes we have it and we have no place to put it. We have no place where, where it can fit. So we've sort of put it on a shelf basically, or a bucket back in the corner of our mind, but then years go by and something else happens. And we, and we look back to that, that thing that we discarded and we say, wait a second. This makes sense to me now. This I can now incorporate this new experience with this old experience and and it actually gains a greater level of power than it had before. Right? So so I think experiencers are doing this in a very relational way, right? Like meaning is relational. It's it's an it's a verb, it's not a it's it's not a noun, you know, it's a, meaning is an action. It's not a state.
0: Yeah, and I also one, – one thing I wanted to add, too, that, that pr- going back to what Priscilla said, and then I'm going to answer Nathan's question, and I'll, I'll re- restate the question and make sure I have it correct, is connection is a whole other thing. I think it ties into everything that the th- four of us have been talking about or that at least you and, and Debs and Nathan have been talking about is that has been a happenstance that I did not expect, did not plan on, had no in- – necessarily an intention of when we started the show was that we were going to connect with these people from all over the world and that we were going to become friends and that we were going to meet in person and that uh and i think everybody here knows that i uh, like to connect with people via phone all week long as many phone calls as i can get into Davey or dave or frank or or whomever or a deb's Priscilla, you know, Nathan, you know, he's got me in the corral. There's only certain times I can get him, but, uh, <laughs> I'm like a cult, but, uh, on the skin, but man. yeah, it, it's just, it's the pleasure of my life, you know, getting to talk with Linda. Uh, you know, I remember talking to Priscilla the first time driving home and then freaking out, come telling these guys, man, it's is amazing, man. Shot had these cool experiences. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a cool byproduct that, Probably is it you know, even if I' gotten bored with the conversation which I have not, I would still be here because of that, mm. uh, but how could you get bored with something that we may never figure out, Nathan, in terms well, of your question, yes, please, you said, how do you in um how do you incorporate what you've learned from various people was that uh is that a summation, and if not, can you restate the question,
1: yeah, so my question i think is how how do we as individuals you know sort of weigh on a scale the way in which we acquire information sometimes we we acquire it through these these academic you know you're reading a book you're getting a lecture sometimes we acquire it through an intuitive process a, a personal relationship where where we we, we gain an insight that quite frankly, may not have even been clearly articulated, but we, f- we feel it, right? So how do we kind of weigh these two ways of learning? And I think everyone has to answer that a little bit differently, depending on your personality. Some people place a primacy on that felt way of knowing, uh, of, of tr- feeling something feels right to me. and they, And they place a higher value on that than I read this in a book, and therefore, it, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Right? Yeah.
0: All right. So, I mean, in aviation, we have something that when we're feeding raw analog data into a computer, there'll be like a Kalman filter on it, and that Kalman filter will give a certain value so that it doesn't overvalue a certain input analog into this digital format hmm. so that we can compute um Uh, when the airplane needs to climb over a piece of terrain if we can't see because if we can't see and there's a mountain in front of us we have to know how much engine power we have that day based on whether it's cold or hot what the altitude is uh, whether that engine's operating at 100 percent 95 percent so there's these Kalman filters Mm -hmm. so i feel like we apply these Kalman filters based on um people that we're listening to speak and as you said uh, everybody does it a little bit differently it's very individual you said you listen to a lot of people you don't necessarily believe everything you hear but you give the respect to the person who's who's telling you uh, something that seems you know may seem very fantastic to you uh, particularly because you haven't had an experience it may change if you do have an experience you might mm-hmm. see things in different light so the way that I do it is very organic I try to break everything down for the the most meat-headed among us, because I am among the most meat-headed. (laughs) So therefore, I'll try to, as you know, I'll try to simplify everything uh, so that anybody can understand it. So when people, you know, give me information, I take it in, and I realize that my perspective is constantly evolving, and you guys know that because you know what my perspective was a year ago, and you know what it is now, and it's not the same as it was because the, I had hypotheses that were proven incorrect, um, and I've had to just keep opening my aperture. Uh, but at the same time, there are people who can uh, give certain pieces of information with a surety that they can't possibly have um Because I don't know that anybody among us uh, can have that surety at this point where Priscilla said, we're at the very beginning, but we're at the beginning. We're not at zero, you know, and then Nathan suggests, well, maybe we our aperture was a lot further open when the pyramids were being built and then went to zero and now it's opening again. So, (laughs) so. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of how I do it. It's, it is, it's, it's organic. It's not a science. It's inexact. And I think you can gain a lot from a lot of different people and, and you'll, uh, you'll weight that information based on, um, not based on who the presenter is, but how much sense it makes and, and how much they can possibly know of what they speak Because a lot of it is hypothetical in nature, but that's okay. That's why we're here is to hypothesize, right? That's it. If we knew the answer, it wouldn't be fun anymore. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, you're absolutely right, hundred percent. Well, I um, it's probably not my turn. Whose turn is it? Throw
2: out a question.
0: I was going to. Is it? I think it's mine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So one thing that Linda has talked to people about sort of more behind the scenes than she did in the interview that we did with her recently. It's just how to not be um, ex- exploiting the experiencer. And, and one thing that came up quite a bit, um, and I think we mentioned it briefly here too, was that experiencers are kind of the data set. So how do you think that we can use that data, but prevent the exploitation?
0: Well, define exploitation.
2: Okay, so basically, we're not going to treat them like guinea pigs anymore. I want them to be a part of the conversation, not under a microscope. Um, So I want them... I I personally just feel like people should be treated like people. You know, other people have said this to you, of course. Um, But, yeah. How do you think we can use that data set without making people feel exploited. That's something that I really want people to think about.
3: Priscilla. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. Um, and I agree that people should still be like people, um, but, or be treated like people. But as the main data set, we should have somebody, when people are giving their data, they should know where, well, how it's gonna be used. That way it's kind of like an organ donor, like you sign up for it, right? (laughs) So if you're an experiencer and you're like, go ahead, use my story, whatever, um, you know that you're going to be not exploited, but studied Uh, because there's people that don't, there's, you know, I feel like there's kind of like three different camps of people. There might be more. There's the people that don't mind being studied. There's the people that just have to get it out and want to talk about it, but don't ever want to talk about it again or don't want it to leave like the group they're talking in, like an experience, like an experiencer type of meeting. And then there's people that, um, you know, they tell you it and they just they're they don't really care how it goes either way. But we have to be respectful just like you would in any studies, Um, even working in a lab where I worked with a lot of blood specimens. I was still like very respectful of this tube of blood with somebody's number on it because they didn't have names. It had a number and an age and that was per- important for the study. So, but I still treated it like, you know, that's their DNA, like, you know what I mean? You have to treat it with respect. But then we look at how we treat other animals that we're studying and we exploit them. But I think as long as it, an experiencer knows what their uh, data is being used for, then it should be used because we still need to use the data that we have. But I don't agree with them being exploited without their permission. And I guess exploit is kind of like a really, like, you know, it's a charged word. So um, you just, I just think they have to know what, where it's going and what it's being used for, because without their stories and their data, then we don't have, we don't have anything, if that makes any sense. To, like, work with.
0: Priscilla, I'll let you be the judge of this, but I think I'm guilty of doing that in the last show when I asked Linda to ask the phenomenon if they could grow my hair back. And I don't know if... We know what they said to that. you you (laughs) got to stop asking experiencers that, you know, that...
3: It's he horrible. can't, you know, he can't give up hope. He <laughs> just hope still <laughs> But I agree with Deb and I, and I also love how Deb, she sees people differently hmm. and we need people like her with her type of insight and, and knowledge to kind of direct the rest of us. Do you know what I mean? Um, she so, directs me all so the. time. So thanks for that. We gotta do this person, we gotta have that person. <laughs> well, no, on. you know, I had, to, I, I didn't, I had the pleasure of sitting with her like three ways to New York, three or three hours to New York and three hours back, mm-hmm. and some of the things she was saying, I was just like, man, I feel, I, there's people like you, like in a good way. She's Dope man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I felt like an asshole, and people
2: tell no, me, no, okay, I, you, you know, so. <laughs> first of all you made that trip go very quickly and, and i keep hoping that you're gonna want to go with me next time because i'm like no don't go with your family go hang out with I, know, me, I know i know i know there will be a wealthy
0: financier that wants to pay both of you guys yeah
3: we around. need that's what i was telling dj i was like i need like a sugar daddy that doesn't ask for sugar so i guess I- <laughs> So basically I need a benefactor. So if anybody
0: wants (laughs) a sponsor, I don't Um, know what
3: they're called investor
0: out in in the community. If you would like to sponsor Priscilla and Dev's trip, their fact finding mission to New York city, where they'll bring you back tons of UAP data and anecdotes. uh, You can find her at, at quantum (laughs) underscore W I T C H or at study of UAPs. Um, all right. a Deb will at least
3: friend. write you a nice thank you card. I can't even promise. I'm horrible at cards. She made these beautiful cards, and <laughs> she, I told her I was like, I'm horrible fear. at mm-hmm. cards, right? Like I've been guilty of like sending my best friend a birthday present, a great present, like the the coolest witch box ever, but with a blank card.
0: She was <laughs> like she was like,
3: Man. Oh, I got my present.
0: You forgot the cards blank, to... and I was like. <sighs> So embarrassed. I wrote. I this I'm night. an alien cat. You can't expect mm-hmm. me to do stuff like no that. <laughs> with her skin. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Deb, if I get this correctly, uh, how not to exploit experiencers but use the data set? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's what we're trying to do on this show. Um, we're trying to ask questions and we're trying to vicariously live through the experiences of. You know, Priscilla's heard me on the phone, and, like, I can't wait till she <laughs> tells me about We haven't talked about her experiences in several months, so I'm hoping that that's uh, in the offing here soon. But, but it is uh, something when we have a David, uh, John Lanier, we have a Linda, or, or several experiencers that we've had on, we're sort of living vicarious through them. But I think the idea of the exploitation comes in is if you push too hard, you owe me, tell me. I want to know, you know, same thing like with Richard Doty, you know, I, I, you know, we, we, we talked about if you try to get tough with somebody and, you know, and get really invasive, they're just going to pull back away from you and they're going to be very happy not to tell you much. And if you just open it up and just allow them to tell their story and say, you know, I, I'd like to know about this. What did that feel like? What was that experience like? Was there, a flushless urinal on board the craft. I mean, you could ask any of these things. And if they want to answer you, they will, but you don't just keep digging. I think, you know, we've talked about it in the past when you're on a show and you're you're trying to dig and you're trying to dig, and all you do is piss that person off and they never want to talk to you again. So um, that doesn't accomplish anything. So, yeah, I think you, you can ask questions in a nice and respectful way, and that's been the goal of CAB since... You know, it was early, very easy to see, <laughs> very early on in our first episode when we had Carlene or I can't remember if it was Natasha. You know that 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 we were going to handle uh, asking questions and respect uh, whomever was coming on in the same way. So that that's how I feel like we can get some data from them if they want to give you data, and if they don't, you thank them for joining you, and um, and and just. You know, the way that you guys have been saying, you know, actually all three of you have stated this. When they realize, uh, experience or what they can contribute to the overall discussion of the phenomenon, they're the only ones that can tell us. The government's not telling us. Um, it's not in their interest to tell us. But the experiencers hope if, if they feel like it's in their interest, my goodness, that's going to help us that, that don't understand it to gain an understanding. Yeah,
1: yeah, well said. Uh, it's a it's a very challenging situation, very tricky. Uh, our kind of Western mentality would be to collect all the data and do a meta analysis of experiencers, and then we would get out this you know conclusion after I've done the meta meta analysis. You know, <laughs> this is what it all means. Like this is this is totally a Western way of looking at this, right? And I think we have to get more comfortable with looking at this problem from many different facets of understanding. Because there are there are individual sort of ways of knowing and learning and, and experiencing that are that are as meaningful, if not more meaningful, than the collective learnings of, of if you were to group all of the experiences together. And I think we have to avoid the temptation of saying okay, well, I, I, I analyzed a thousand experiences and this is what they all have in common. So in five years, we, have, uh, we can look to the end of the world because that's what they're all saying, right? I think, <laughs> I think we have to really like, be careful of that because that, 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 that's our natural tendency, right? Is to take that you know, very rigid way of looking at things and instead we, we forget that, that these are people, people having the experience, when we have an experience, we're always contextualizing the experience into our own life. Whatever we've had in our past, it, it colors and flavors what we experience in the now, and how we explain it to someone else is is based in that as well. So it's really difficult to kind of divorce these two things, you know. So, and I don't know that we even should, you know. There, there. If you take seriously this notion that. Uh, we are all on our own kind of journey, not only in this life, but in, in past lives, future lives, you know, maybe even happening simultaneously. If time isn't really the, you know it's not linear, it doesn't even exist in the way that we think it exists. then what, what does that say? It, it, may, it may mean that coming to a meta conclusion for human society is not really as important as what's happening in our own, lived journey and what we need to learn and grow and experience. So it's, it's really, really tough. I think we're going to do what I, I think we're, unfortunately, we're probably going to do what I said we maybe shouldn't do because that's just our tendency. We're going to throw it at a database. We're going to have AI go through it and it's going to come out with some conclusions and we're going to say, well, that's it. Problem solved. experiencer said it's XYZ. <laughs> I, I think, I really think that's what will happen if we do kind of go that direction. Okay. Uh,
3: You have to remember, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, please go ahead. I was going to bring up um, Dr. Sean again, S. Bjorn Hargens. See, I can say it now. Yeah. But then there's people like him that are doing studies or plan on, he talked about doing a study in the future. And it's like, he is such, he's a scientist, but he's so, uh, just feeling his energy, you know, like he's just a gentle person and he's Mm -hmm. very caring about it. So I think that the right people can do these studies again obviously people volunteer um and realize that they are part of a study just like you know like you're going to go volunteer to do some psilocybin or something fun like that but you know but um or more boring like a blood pressure medication but <laughs> but you know like i think that that it's still important to study maybe that's just like the inner nerd in me but i think that there's people that can do it without exploiting and i think that he's probably one of those people That can do that without studying or without exploiting. And then, even the way um, Dr. Nolan has talked about um, his studies, you know, Mm. he's very respectful to it as well. So, I think that it can be done, but we need to make sure like the right people are doing it that are trained in like ethics and, you know, even biomedical ethics because there's so all the physical things that happen to experiencers. Something somebody that is going to do it organized in a respectable way and in a way that people and other scientists and other people will accept it and be able to kind of um, understand it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I will say we've come a lot mm-hmm. further than we used to be. I just listened to an, an excellent interview. I'll, I'll plug, I plugged it today on, on social media, but if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, listen to the Whitley Striever interview with Andy oh, McGillin yeah. on oh. that UFO podcast. Yeah. Oh, and oh goodness, and talk, you know, yes. talk about a person who's had trauma, not just from the phenomenon, but just from coming out about his oh, experience with amazing. the phenomenon. So, you know, I look at that and I think about, geez, man, we have covered so much ground since Whitley first stepped forward and was brave enough to talk about what he went through.
3: I can't imagine being those early, you know, the early experiencers coming out like him. But Deb was about to say something and I know it was good. So, well,
2: I was I was going to say a couple of things. First of all. um, priscilla and i talked about whitley a, a few times actually and, and one of the things we talked about was he made n- not that much money from that book he lost the cabin um mm-hmm. so people don't always recognize how much he actually sacrificed telling his story and how much he's probably still sacrificing i know his web is like atrociously expensive he said <laughs> so um so i've kind of just summarized and i was just gonna say that the thing that um I liked the best was just respect all journeys. I summarized Nathan. (laughs) So I think that's kind of the underlying uh, answer there. We just need to respect all journeys. And that means, you know, respect the the diversity with them, Um, you know, respect that it is a journey. But the final thing I wanted to say is um, having written down, of course, everything that we just talked about, because that's what I do, um, is... (laughs) How exciting is it going to be when we finally get past that, when we've had enough stories about experiencers going through walls and enough stories about experiencers having telepathic communication, and we're like, okay, this is this is happening, now what? How exciting is that going to be? Just something to think about the next page. Yeah.
0: That, is, that is exciting when we make that, that move. And I want to say, you know, uh, I want to like... Support both what Nathan said and what and what uh, Priscilla said as well, uh, Priscilla and Deb, and that the data set part Nathan's interesting is that a lot of uh, sports fans used to say, uh, when when Muhammad Ali's career was over, he used to say, "Oh man, uh, Rocky Marciano was like fifty and O." And but Ali came after him. He was amazing. And they had a computer. They put all this data into a computer and had them fight. And Ali won. It's like, well, you can't do that. Like, (laughs) you know, you you know, the the bruiser from Brockton, Mass, the lefty, you you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, maybe the greatest uh, heavyweight boxer of all time, probably. But you you can't have the fight on a computer. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't work. You can put all that data in, but you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And that's what you're saying. And from Priscilla's standpoint, the data set is important from the standpoint that we can at least get some some commonalities, some, some knowns, if you will. Well, first of all, I try to stay away from when I talk about the phenomenon, and I'm guilty of it at, at some points, but I try to stay away from all, every, never, always. Because if you say all, never, every, always, you're probably going to back yourself into a corner that you're going to have to beg your way out of, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. So with the data sets, yes, uh, Deb's talked about if we have enough people that says, you know, I was drawn through a wall, you know, I couldn't believe it. And I'm floating up to this craft and it was in some sort of a beam. So then we can at least take that and go there's some commonalities. And the same thing we've done with, uh, with Sasquatch. You know, we've said they emitted a sound and when they yelled there was a certain sound and it made me feel an emotion and I couldn't move and I peed myself. Uh, And but before they did that, I was okay. But then when they decided they were going to do that, their pheromones—they were able to emit this scent that smelled like wet garbage or wet dogs and garbage and stuff all mixed together. But then uh, all of a sudden they stopped and it was gone. So just you know, but there are certain things that we've been able to apply all these different experiencers and say, okay, this is what you might experience in the face of Sasquatch, they may make you, they can be completely silent when they're approaching you if they want to, or they can stomp their feet to make you scared and make you run back to the car at the trailhead. So how can an 800 animal walk silently through the woods when myself at 200 pounds cannot? I don't know, because I can't not make some noise when I'm walking through the woods. How can they do it? Enough people have said they can. Um, walked right up. and But then when they want you, know, want you to know they're there, they let you know that they're there because their goal may be to push you out of their area for whatever reason that they have. You're too close to the family unit, too close to the women, too close to the kids, whatever it is. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that's my theory. There is something we can draw from some of the data. But uh, as Nathan said, it's not all-encompassing and it's not like throwing it into a computer and it's going to spit out an answer for it's like marciano versus ali Mm
1: -hmm. yeah love it well uh and we got a few minutes left um priscilla i wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of tell us a little bit about what what's on the horizon for you and i've got you've got book club coming up again uh, which i always look forward to and uh, i'm sure you're, you're cranking out some more shows too so what what's uh what's on the plate for you
3: well, um, on Friday I have uh, Docside Media on again. They are every time they make a document, they're just cool guys, and they put a mm. lot of uh, heart and work into what they do. And this one, they've got some interest. They have John Ramirez on their new documentary that's coming out. Nice. So, um, he, they will be on again, and I just love those guys. And then I, at the end of the month, I have two things happening on the twenty. The morning of the twenty ninth, I have. Um, oh my goodness. Jeff Kripel coming on. Sorry, I was going to cough. Nice. I have a awesome. uh, yes. And I, people are like, oh, you just call him Jeff. He told me to call him Jeff, guys. So I'm not being disrespectful. Like, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Jeff, Kripal. what's up, Holmes? Just hanging out with Jeff, you know. Um, and I, I feel very, um, I don't know. I just feel so grateful that he was willing to come on again to talk about his book. And then I'm doing like a, I think that night I'm doing a, um, like a tarot party on -hmm. my channel. So live readings. Um, I think that I'm going to have another reader join me. And then anybody else in the chat can get like some card pulls and also kind of like a, a Samhain meditation, um, which is what it's called to witches. It's a, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a very big night. Um, Each Halloween or Samhain as witches call it, is um, the veil gets thinner and thinner and it's not going back to normal. And this is something that I experienced in a meditation The la- when there was the eclipse in Superboon on Samhain a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that things are never going to be back to normal as far as people's perception of like the worlds around us, the spirit world and other worlds as well. So um, I just want to lead the people probably through a meditation um, to help them kind of ground during these times before we head into winter because it's kind of like people, you know, our ancestors kind of went inward and it's kind of a hard time for people, um, to be honest, because the sunlight goes down, you know, the hours of sunlight get less and people just automatically start being more introspective, Mm -hmm. um, like very much like the trees are, you know. So I just wanted to educate people about that. And then I'll be coming out on Katie Howland's podcast to talk about nice. tarot, divination, and Samhain as well. So just kind of talking about witchy things towards the end of the month. And I can't wait to talk to Docside Media and Jeff Kripel about his book and everything else. And let me say, his name was brought up by everybody
2: mm-hmm. yes, it at
3: is. that conference. You, you know, everybody. So um, people need to talk about him more and his work more. And he said, you know, I meant to write this book as like an academic book, but we all know that this community is very intelligent, and they are all academics at heart anyway. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm just excited for the rest of the month.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, those will be ones to look out for. Uh, definitely getting, looking forward to hyping those when they when they come around. Uh, very exciting. You know you will. Absolutely. You know you will. absolutely, absolutely. Well. Um, I know I'm going to hand it off to you, DJ, but I want to thank the audience for joining us this evening. Uh, This has been a lively chat. It's great to see so many, you know, friendly, familiar faces in the chat. Um, If you can hit a like, that'd be great. Good for the show. Helps us uh, in the in the algorithm, I suppose, which we all serve. Praise algorithm. Um, the <laughs> algorithm. Praise the algorithm. <laughs> get people who want to come on this
0: joint. I mean, look, we got Priscilla Stone. It's I mean, come big. on.
1: It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. After you, sir.
0: All right. So I was going to, I think next week we're having Katie Howland and Vinnie, Vinnie Adams, right? That's correct. Is that next week?
1: Well, we have, uh, okay. sorry, we have actually before that even, we have... Simeon Hine. So uh, that's on Monday, the 17th. Super excited to talk to that guy. We're going to get
0: all crypted up in the joint. mm -hmm, (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. And then it's Katie and Vinny. And then I think it's uh, James Fox.
0: James Fox, yep. And then we're Mm going to have uh, uh, what's her name? Robin Haynes McRae, who has basically her and her husband, Pat. We've added her husband, Pat, as well basically has Bigfoot coming up to their garden every day <laughs> and, uh, and hanging out. So she, she does the mind speak with them. Like, uh, I was telling, um, I believe I was telling Priscilla about, uh, Arlo Williams from Oklahoma, Cherokee, uh, young lady. And, uh, she was able to mind speak with mm-hmm. them. And, uh, this, uh, investigator who we're having on named Rick Taylor, uh, from Texas, uh, retired, uh, a uh, fire investigator. He uh, He's he's also uh, half Cherokee. And so Arla said, yeah, you can come up to my, my property and look around if you want to. And then she's like, after two days, and he wasn't having any interaction with Sasquatch, she said, okay, you ready to meet him? And she walks up to him in the woods with, with no flashlight, just making a beeline through the woods with no light. And he says, yes, I'm ready. And then, um, yeah, uh, she put him right in front of a whole family. So... Uh, So, yeah, so we're going to have all those people on. Very exciting. (sighs) Priscilla, um, thank you uh, very much. We all really, really admire. uh, Well, let me let Deb say whatever she wants to say. You guys are after all the Thelma and Louise of of, uh, UAP (laughs) media.
2: Yeah, I I just wanted to say, you know, I can't put the top down on my car, but I'll be happy to take you to New York again (laughs) in December. These are subtle
0: hints. So yeah, we'll heads.
2: have to talk. I
3: didn't know you were gonna actually make yeah. it out again, so yeah, um, I'm,
2: I'm good. Do it okay. Yep. Well, we'll talk. Um, I, I have we'll another talk. notebook to write in.
3: Oh, yeah, you, you're gonna need a bigger one this time because, <laughs>
0: yeah, and I mean, we'll throw in a can, a, a can of skincare formula for you. I'm just kidding, uh, but. <laughs> Why do
3: I picture you walking down the aisles with your like those cigarette girls, but with your (laughs)
1: little skincare tins? Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) With Nathan's face on it. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: And Nathan and I are going to be there. So unless something happens that causes me not to be able to be there, I'm planning on being there. Um, So if there's any more incentive to want to go than that, probably quite a bit. But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Priscilla, no, all kidding aside, no jokes, no tipping bartenders or waiters. Um, thank you very much. It, it really was an honor to have you on and uh, to be your friend. And hopefully, I haven't irritated you all that much in the last few months.
3: Yeah. Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, you're waiting for an answer. No, you haven't. She's like,
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I've had to explain to DJ, like, I'm a cat, I only like show up when I want to. Like-
0: or okay. friends yes that's fine i love that he's
1: he's very he's a very cat friendly person he's, he's
0: we're adopting we're working on adopting a new one right now i sent oh i got kati's application filled out because jucia passed so we're gonna try to adopt and bring our pet family back to five. Oh. so kitties. yeah i'm really excited i told her you choose and yeah i'm just very excited to whomever she brings home um thank you very much so uh this has been an uh Really cool. Like I said, I think this is the first time we've had Priscilla on uh, solo. Hopefully, it's not the last because she is so dope, is what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. So for for uh, Priscilla Stone, the Quantum Witch, go and check her out on YouTube, on um, Pod. She's crazy cool. Go check out Book Club uh, with Nathan. Nathan has a new pod that he's going to be doing with Kelly Chase and UFO Rabbit Hole. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's actually on it's own little channel called uh, Perturbations with Kelly and Nathan. So.
0: Whoa! Mm-hmm. You're gonna yeah. see that once a month. Once a month. Is it? Has it happened yet? Because I want to. We, well,
1: it, it well, it's funny. We did the first episode, uh, even though we didn't have the idea to do the show. Like we did the we did the episode, and during the episode, it was such had such a good time. We're like, why don't we just make this a once a month thing? Okay. So the the second episode will actually be the episode where we tell you what the show is about.
0: So, oh, ple- yeah, if you would, Nathan, put that in the show notes. so that I can put that out. I'm I'm super excited. I love it when uh, my colleagues go and do these other projects uh, because I don't think, uh, uh, I mean, everybody needs to have some of the love that these guys have to give. So uh, for uh, thank you. uh, Happy new kitty, DJ. Thank you for our uh, chat host, uh, Julie Farrell, our remote viewer for Deb, for Priscilla Stone, for my brother, the co-conspirator, Nathan. This is DJ saying, peace out. One love. We'll see you down the road. And as always... We're wondering what's up around the bend.